This is episode 9 with Heather Fay, VP of Customer Advocacy at Vision Critical, on how to use product champions and advocate marketing as a legitimate land and expand strategy. Have you ever wondered about what other SaaS companies are doing to grow their business? What channels are they experimenting with? Where are they finding traction? Welcome to How to SaaS, the go-to podcast for growing your cloud software company. I'm your host and growth strategist, Shiv Narayanan. I'm also the CMO of Wild Apricot, the number one membership software for small associations and nonprofits. Each week, we'll bring you interviews with founders, CEOs, and growth leaders who have successfully implemented a growth strategy to help you take your cloud software company to the next level. Are you ready? Let's begin. All right, Heather, welcome to the show. How's it going? Going great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, likewise. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself, a vision critical, and then we'll take it from there. Absolutely. Uh, so my name is Heather Fay, and I am the head of customer marketing and advocacy at Vision Critical. And Vision Critical has a software platform to help you interact with your customers and get live feedback, real-time feedback from them on an ongoing basis and build a good two-way communication with your customers so that you can use that for product innovation or customer experience innovation, um, all kinds of great uh, ways that our customers are using it. So my background is definitely from this customer advocacy and customer marketing side of things. Way back in the day, I started in customer success, but um, really have found this customer advocacy niche and, and well being on the forefront of new ways of thinking in marketing. Right. And when we really talk about, you know, this two-way communication with customers, uh, what kinds of interactions are we talking about? So we uh, we have our, our our customers use our platform to do some uh, really nice things from just gathering ideas for what new products they should launch. So there's some cool functionality in there to just gather ideas and crowdsource them and vote on them, all the way to, okay, now we have a product, which which features should go in it. And again, there's some really interesting things in there. So think of it a little bit. There's some survey kind of components to it where you can ask questions and get feedback and really have these great analytical answers. But there's a lot of specialized functionality, not just your normal survey, choose one, two, or three, so that you can get really deep insight. Um, there's these, this cool feature that I love where you can show someone an ad, for instance, that you're thinking of running. And your users can go in there and highlight areas of the ad that first draw their eye or where they think the main message of the ad is. So this is some little um, virtual highlighter that they can use. And so gain, that information can go back to the marketing team and they can tell whether their message is resonating or not resonating, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so really, it really comes down to this idea of uh, investing a lot of time and energy into understanding the end customer uh, so that you can leverage that to serve their needs better and get your message across uh, more effectively, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and really developing that authentic relationship. So uh, when you ask for feedback from your customers, you need to show them back that you've done something with it, right? They, they didn't go into a black hole. And so that two-way connection of sharing back then increases next time your even better response rates and even more of engagement because people feel like they're being heard. So it's it's really that dialogue in order to make it authentic. Mm-hmm. I really like that word authentic. And um, when you talk about you know how people are using uh, this information that they're you know as they understand their customers better, uh, how do some of your clients leverage that? Like who who are, who's your target audience that you're going after? 
So uh, lots of customers across the board and really interesting industries, uh, things from healthcare and people determining some patient experience things, all the way down to how patients receive their bills and what kind of information is on their bills, um, to power tools. Next week, I'm co-presenting uh, at the Serious Decisions Conference with uh, a lovely lady from DeWalt Power Tools and how DeWalt really uses customer feedback to innovate their products and decide what new features to add and even what kind of thing, icons should go on the packaging, for example. Uh, we've got grocery stores using it to uh, top, uh, measure their ad performance and the flow in the store. There's so many interesting use cases. Anyone who really wants to bring their customer along into the journey of making better products and services um, is using our product in, in really interesting ways. It's fun to see all, all the ways they do it. Mm-hmm. And is is it usually, you know, are, is it usually the product teams that are uh, the ones that are using your service more or your product more? Is it uh, more the marketing side that's, uh, that's more involved? That's a great question. And that's actually the answer is yes to both. Uh, traditionally, we have interacted a lot with the market research department or an insights department, it's often called. And we've seen a lot of traction in the last couple of years now with the R&D team or the, sometimes what we call innovation or, or product innovation, uh, and then with the marketing team as well. And customer experience is one that's really been coming on. So there's a lot of, that's a you know, really up-and-coming area. People differentiate themselves by the, their customer experience. And so hearing directly from their customers is how to make the experience better. So that's been um, someone who we've sold a lot to recently as well. Mm-hmm. And and you know what's interesting about this is that um, we we have a I'm assuming a lot of listeners on the call who come from more of a vertical specific uh, SaaS model, right? Where you go after a bunch of segments. Like for us, we're going after small membership organizations and nonprofits. So for example, law associations is a vertical mm-hmm. that we're all constantly targeting. With with Vision Critical, you know, it's way more horizontal. You're you're it can be applied across different teams, different industries, different verticals. Right, so that presents an interesting challenge, right? How do you choose who you're going after? What's your what is your uh, landing strategy like? That's a that's a good one. Um, and so, you know, I do find that we end up having more of a vertical conversation more often and going to market in more of a vertical way. And it's partly because you speak to people a little bit differently. If I'm going to someone in healthcare, we're going to talk about patient experience. Whereas if it's someone in retail, we're going to talk, talk about shopper experience, right? So it's so subtle differences that I think really make a difference. People want to be talked to in words that make sense for them, right, in their own way. And so we have, even though we're broad across so many options for verticals, we have from our marketing strategy and go-to-market strategy have verticalized and even have some uh, products that are wrapped together for special industries. So, for instance, there's a retail intelligence suite because we do have so many retail customers. So, some built-in reporting and things that are great for that audience. And we found that that works really well. So, you know, as soon as we start getting a few, so for instance, colleges has popped up recently, universities. So, that's a new one that we've added because we've successfully sold into three or four of those. So, we've been growing it a little organically that way. Mm-hmm. And and the interesting thing is is that once you get into one of these verticals or land one particular client, because often many of them are multinational corporations, that you can actually then use that as a strategy to get uh, other business from within that same company. Exactly, and that's really actually a good part of my role. 
uh, vision critical. It's um, so I'm half focused on advocacy and half focused on just customer marketing slash expansion type of project. And exactly in the way that you said, we find a um, someone who's doing great things at their company uh, and who's a champion, who's a believer, who's really seen an impact in their daily life and, and their business and the uh, results that they're getting on behalf of the company. And they're so happy to talk about it that that's our, our rock star, if you will, inside the company. And then we like to do things to showcase them, perhaps a lunch and learn where we talk about the great things they're doing, they get to share some results. And we invite people to that lunch and learn from different departments, different segments, maybe the customer experience person who hasn't yet heard of us. Um, it's kind of a win-win, right? So our customer can look great, who's doing really good things, and it also gives us uh, an open door to meet new people in the company and potentially sell to do divisions, which is just one of our sweet spots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what what does that process look like? Uh, let's say you land somebody like PNG, massive company. You land a product team of uh, some 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 ver- uh, some particular category of theirs, right? How do you turn that into uh, somebody else within PNG of a completely different category? What does that process look like? Uh, that's a great one. Um, we we can come at it from two different ways. So sometimes it comes organically from inside the company themselves. Um, the the person who's seeing good results, for one thing, maybe they're getting overwhelmed with um, re, uh, requests to run surveys and run activities out of their community, out of their platform, their vision critical platform, and they just can't keep up with the volume. And so they'll come to us and say, oh, these other departments within my organization really need you guys. I can't keep up with all the demand, and I know that they have enough that they could use you on their own. So sometimes it comes that direction, which is exceptional. Uh, and other times it comes from us approaching the the champion customer and telling them what we'd like to do. We want to make them look good. And then they will agree. And then our sales team, our inside sales team, can go and do some research. They can find out who the other names are in the company that they want to reach out to. And then sometimes we'll do outreach on our own. Sometimes we'll ask that champion to help with an introduction. Sometimes we'll do these events like a lunch and learn and invite those people, particularly maybe with a a personal note from that champion mobilizer person. Um, So we kind of approach it two different ways and and it's best when it's surrounded through all the ways, right? So we really uh, get our arms around the whole account. Mm-hmm. And this reminds me of um, uh, another fellow SaaS company, Toronto, called Influitive, and they're all about advocacy marketing, right? And it's it's pretty much like internally, you guys are trying to create advocates and inf- using that as an influencer to land all these other uh, accounts. Exactly, exactly. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Influitive. I'm a big fan of theirs, um, and I've used their software for quite a while. And they're they're doing great things and really help you uncover some of those people. Sometimes people are a little quiet and aren't willing to always toot their own horn and say what great things they're doing. And so that's one of the things I actually like about the Influitive platform. It's kind of an easy way for people to engage and they complete these challenges given to them. And and it's, it's a little quieter behind the scenes and you start seeing these people that are really active and engaged and you can reach out and encourage them to do things that are louder, if you will. So maybe speak in an event or do a call with an analyst or something that maybe on their own they would have never volunteered for until you draw them out of their shell. 
And I, I really found the intuitive platform to be helpful in uncovering those people sometimes. Right. And I can even give an example from our uh, business, which, you know, your your business is more on the high end, you know, uh, super valuable client, high ACV side, whereas we deal with small membership organizations like, let's say, your Toastmasters Club uh, chapter of mm-hmm. Toronto. And uh, the thing is that they're actually part of a much bigger multi-chapter organization that has thousands of chapters worldwide. And, you know, so we, we're currently in the process of working on a land and expand strategy, which is like, okay, if we have 10 Cho- Toastmasters chapters using Wild Apricot, then how can we leverage the product champions that are there to land all the other thousands of chapters that are out there in the universe, which make up our uh, total addressable market, right? So it's a very similar process, but it's applied in a different uh, ACV model. Exactly. Now that's great. We're using a little bit of that as well um, at, at some of our accounts where we're doing land and expand. We'll get the the champion to perhaps give us a quote, and then we build out a nice landing page that's all about that company. So it's got the company logo, it's got that quote, and then it's got some stats on how they're already using us. Maybe the number of people that are already participating in their community activities or, you know, so there's like four or five stats. So we show that we're already making an impact at that company and that it's easy to do business with us. They've already purchased from us. Um, Maybe a few other resources on there and then a way to contact us. And then we can use that for um, our, if we do an email campaign, that can be the landing page. If we run some ads on LinkedIn or, or you know, display ads on other sites, that can be the landing page. And so we're developing that relationship and showing that we already have that connection, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, talk about this idea of account-based marketing and uh, what kind of a role it plays in this advocate marketing approach, right? Because when you're talking about landing somebody within PNG, the the value of the account is so high that you almost need to take that account-based approach. But then when you add this idea of land and expand within that company itself, you almost have to scale your account-based marketing you know, post-purchase, right. right? So what does that look like? Yeah, it's a good one. Um, we We definitely... There's such a close relationship between advocacy marketing and account-based marketing because you're always going to be more successful at account-based marketing when you have someone who's already a champion and an advocate for you to be your voice inside the company. And you're, it's almost like uh, that third-party peer review type site, but it's built in with inside the company of them saying good things about you. Um, and so, yes, that's, account-based marketing is definitely the way to go for these things. It's just surrounding that account, so they almost kind of can't get away from you. Uh, I like to say that for our top-tier accounts that we're going after from an expansion standpoint, the ones we think we can get the most uh, bang for our buck out of, our best ROI from a marketing perspective, those are the ones that I want them to almost feel like they're our only customer, right? So that we're doing so many account-based things to them that they almost you know, not in a creepy way, you know, I don't want it to be that they just see billboards of us on their drive home or anything, but I want there to be, you know, that our name keeps popping up. And the benefit of account-based marketing is if you can get several people in the company feeling that way, they're going to start having some conversations. And if I tell you about Vision Critical and then one of your other colleagues tells you about Vision Critical and someone else tells you about it, pretty soon you're like, I got to check out this Vision Critical thing, you know? And so that's what you're going for is that, that, a great synergy that happens when lots of people are hearing about you and then those conversations get started. 
Right. Uh, so bring all this down to earth for everybody, right? Because I think we've been kind of talking about all this at the 10,000 foot level, but operationally, what does this look like uh, when you're talking about something like content marketing or having account reps or um, pay-per-click strategies? What does that look sure. like? So it starts for sure with a conversation and a plan that gets built between sales and marketing. This is not a, a standalone. It's called account-based marketing, but it's really account-based marketing and sales. And so it's definitely both of those teams starting work together to identify the right accounts and then decide who the champion is at that account and, and who's going to go to that champion and ask for a quote, let them know what our plan is. We'd like to make them look good. That means that they may get questions from people inside their company as this starts gaining traction. Are they okay with it? So making getting that buy-off piece. And then... Um, for us, it's building that landing page that, that focuses on that company, uses that quote. And from a content perspective, we try to reuse things that we already have, but we may take an ebook we had from before and maybe slightly edit the content. So maybe we have a great ebook that's worked well in the retail sector and we want to use it for healthcare. So we might just take it into an edit and change the word shopper to patient, right? And make sure that there's a good flow. Um, but when possible, we try to make use of assets we already have and not reinvent the wheel. Uh, and so have some assets for that group. And then those LinkedIn ads, mention that company's name or mention healthcare or something really specific to them that drive them to that landing page that allow them to get that asset. So you're constantly growing your the amount of names, your reach at that account. Um, that's an important one. If you only have three or four people that you're reaching at an account, you're not going to get very far, right? You need more and more people. So gaining more names at that account is is important. And so one way you can do that is ads. Um, another way you can do it is through in-person events. So hosting an event near that company or, like I mentioned, these lunch and learn ideas at the company. Um, so you're reaching a, a larger group. You're getting them in your database. You can start nurturing them then you can start sending them those emails that send them to that landing page. So there's definitely a plan for each account uh, with a timeline, and it's agreed upon between sales and marketing. So marketing is going to do this thing, and then sales will do this follow-up. And then two weeks later, marketing is going to do another thing, and then sales will do some follow-up. So everyone really has to be on the same page. That's an important piece. Right. And uh, that's great. I, I think you did a really good job of bringing that down uh, at an operational level. So my next question would be, how many people are involved when, let's say, you have a named account that you're tar hyper-targeting, right? Is it two people, five people? Who's working on the assets? How many people are following up? What does that look like? It varies. Um, it's We're pretty lean and mean. So um, for us, we have a three-person customer marketing team. Now, our marketing team in general is quite a bit bigger. So there's close to 30 of us. And so there's people that we can draw from that, that help with all this, right? So there's uh, designers and content people. So if you if you look at the whole team, there's 30 people at any given time that you could, you could draw from. Um, from a sales perspective, there is um, a – it varies, but there's always at least one inside salesperson and one external salesperson, if you will, who are working on an account. And often there's a few even customer success people that might be involved that have a really good relationship with that account. They can provide other insights. So that's another good group to bring in as well. 
Um, so it varies, but I'd say, you know, on a day-to-day basis, there's probably five people who are really thinking about this regularly and then with uh, the ability to tap into other assets and other people. Right. Um, and so with that said, I think this is a good place to kind of close the loop on the, on the episode. So do you have any final thoughts, uh, Heather, for the audience? You know, I think it's all about people in the end when, even when we talk about account-based marketing and we talk about an account in the end, it's really about people. To be honest, it's one of the things that drew me to vision critical. One of their core values is the statement people matter. Um, and so that comes through in our software where we're trying to get feedback from actual people uh, to help the, the companies that they are interacting with. But we believe it internally as well. And it's something I've always believed in my career. We, we do business as companies. My contract is signed with your company. But in the end, it's the two of us talking that really are what makes the difference. And so you never can leave the people side out of the equation. And just getting to know people, listening to them, what are the things they like, you know, these mobilizers that are helping us in these accounts. If I find out they like golf, then I'm going to make sure that I give them something to thank them that's related to golf and, and really treat them like a person, you know, and and I don't think that there's any any replacement for that. All right. No, that's that's fantastic advice. Uh, and last but not least, Heather, I want to show you some appreciation for really uh, taking the time to do this and uh, explaining why advocacy marketing is uh, such a great avenue for many companies to take, especially enterprise SaaS companies and being an advocate for interacting uh, with the customer. So I really do appreciate that. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Thank you. That's it for today's episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes and to check us out at www.howtosass.com. And we will see you next time.